Welcome. It's good to have you with us as we continue in our series in the book of Philippians. Uh, this morning I want to talk about getting past the past, which uh, sounds easy, but in all reality it's very difficult so many times in our lives. You know, no matter how much we love the Lord, we still have this one really big problem. You know what it is? Yeah, sin. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like Jesus came to save me. That's great. You know, he died for my sin. That's, that's amazing. You know, we get to be in heaven with Jesus, spend eternity with him. Those things are great. But don't you just wish that the sin in our lives specifically the battle of sin in our lives. Don't you just wish it would disappear? I mean, that it would be gone? I mean, let's be honest. None of us are perfect. Amen? Amen, right? I mean, we're far from perfect. And, and you add to that that uh, some people constantly remind us of our failures, and it's a problem. It's a problem for all of us. You add to that, on top of that, some like to take the sin of believers and use it as evidence to say that the gospel is false, that we're hypocrites, that Christianity is not real. Um, but you know what's interesting about the scriptures is uh, the Bible doesn't try to hide the shortcomings of God's people. One of the things that is one of the strongest arguments for me to believe that the, the Bible is actually true is the transparency of the Bible. Uh, it doesn't try to cover things up, it doesn't try to hide things, and the Apostle Paul is very transparent about his own process of dealing with his shortcomings, his failures, his sin. Previously, we looked at his arrogance, his self-reliance, and how God had to break him of that. All of these things are revealed to us in the scriptures. And we have a great passage of scripture that's been super helpful to me in my life. Um, and I hope it's going to be helpful to you as well. And we're going to read it a few times because it's something that needs to be repeated. So let's look at verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which I also was laid hold of by Christ Jesus, brethren. I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. This is a real key of what we're going to be talking about here today, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many are perfect, have this attitude, and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. Let's be honest, every one of us gets discouraged and disappointed by our own failures. We've done things uh, that we know are wrong, many times done it deliberately. Uh, reoccurring sin in our lives is very discouraging. Not only is it discouraging, it's really hard to reconcile in terms of our own attitude and our own uh, understanding of who we really are in Christ. Reconciling the inconsistencies of our life is a challenge. And this dichotomy that we struggle with is something that 
so grateful that the Bible is, is really helpful in terms of talking about this. And so as we looked a couple of weeks ago talking about the Apostle Paul's own journey, his own process of kind of weaning himself from self-reliance to complete and total reliance on Jesus, uh, we're all on a journey. You need to give yourself the opportunity and the benefit of the doubt at times to say that you've not arrived, you're far from perfect, there are things, inconsistencies in our lives, things for which we're very embarrassed, all of those things are true, but God never gives up on us. This journey that we're on and the change that we hope to attain to, you know, likeness of Christ to look more like Jesus doesn't come overnight. And, um, and so, as Paul says, you know, it took him 10, maybe even 12 years to kind of become effective in the terms of his own understanding of humility and, and his own power versus the power of God and these things. And he very finally came to a conclusion that it's in his weakness and his dependence upon God that he actually became strong and then God began to bless his ministry. For us, it's, it's a similar kind of process. It takes us some time to understand that God is at work at us his work in us is not complete. In fact, in verse 12 of Philippians 3, Paul says it this way, not that I have already obtained it yet, okay? Not that I've already become perfect is the second thing that he says. And then in verse 13, he says, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. We are looking at these practical issues and suggestions that we're going to get from this passage of Scripture to deal with our biggest problem, uh, our shortcomings, our imperfections, uh, dealing with the past that we have regrets for. And the reason that we want to do all these things is so that it doesn't paralyze us in terms of for our future, but it gives us the skills and the abilities and the tools that we need to deal with the present. And so we all would say, you know, that we, we do want to get better. We want to look more like Jesus. Um, and yet none of us have really fully obtained that yet. And so when we look at this example that we have here from the Apostle Paul's own experience, it, it gives us an ability to, uh, to establish some goals, uh, recommit ourselves even to maybe get eliminating some things in our lives that we know are, are hurting us or wrong. And, um, and here's the challenge for us at times, and that is, is that when we hold up an example, you know, like a great example of somebody doing it really well, um, instead of motivating us, sometimes it discourages us because we look at them and we think, well, yeah, well, they're doing it great, you know, but that's not me. And we start to focus on some of the negative things in our own lives. So to begin with this base of saying we're not perfect, we're not there yet, we're all on a journey, gives us the opportunity to experience the grace of God in our lives so that it doesn't become a discouraging thing, but in fact, it becomes motivational to us. And so that's what I hope happens today for you, that you become motivated in a sense to say, I'm going to overcome some of these things in my life that I know is, to, to, you know, is um, really hurting me. And, uh, and instead of just continually giving into it, um, I want to recommit myself, and, and I think there's some keys here. Again, the idea of not obtaining it yet, not being perfect yet, and, and not regarding that I've laid a hold of it yet, you need to, to, there's three things that you need to know, and there's three things that you need to do, and here they are. 
you need to leave the past behind. Secondly, you need to be honest about the present. And, and that's a really important point, being honest, an honest assessment about the present. Even the transparency that Paul demonstrates is a transparency and an authenticity that we need as well. Uh, and, and denial is a thing that oftentimes will keep us in bondage. And then the third thing is that we look forward to the future. And so as we look at this process, this process, biblically scholars have called this the process of sanctification. The idea of being set apart um, and, and, and that God wants to, to set us apart and take us as we are and make us into something new in a transformational sense that looks a lot more like his son, Jesus Christ. And so bottom line is this, we're a work in progress uh, and we're only part way through. We all have a past. We're all living in the present and we have something to look forward to. So now with that in mind, let me read it again. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Rather than start with the past, I want to start with the present, okay? So we'll switch the order up a little bit. The present. Let's change our perspective about the present. What does God want me to do right now? Well, what God wants you to do right now, okay, is not fixate on your past, not become obsessed with what you're not doing in the present, but in fact, press on. Press on. Keep going when you are discouraged, when it is difficult. Uh, there are reasons that you're discouraged. There's reasons that you're struggling. All of us have seasons when we're really, really struggling. What do you do in the present when you're really struggling? Here's what you do. You press on. Don't give up. You know, those who have uh, run distance races, whether it be a half marathon or a marathon, you know, there, there are many I've known. Um, I've not personally done that, <laughs> but many of my friends uh, and even some of our family members have done this where they've made a, a commitment. They said, you know what I'm going to do this year? It's on their bucket list. I'm going to run a half a marathon or I'm, I'm going to run a marathon. And, and it's really interesting because all of them have this experience that actually during the race itself, they, that anyone who's ever run a marathon will tell you that you always hit this thing they call hitting the wall. And, and it's this point in time where their bodies, their minds, everything about them says it's impossible to keep running. It is absolutely impossible. And so what do they do? They do what seems impossible. They just take one more step. And everything in them tells them to quit. And yet they take one more step. And they take one more step. And what they will tell you is eventually, after hitting the wall, they will eventually regain their composure and many will actually finish the 26 mile race. In the same way, I believe God tells us in a sense, we're in a marathon race. You may be at a point right now where you're hitting the wall. And what I wanna to say to you from the Lord, press on, take one more step. I know it doesn't feel like you can. Some of you are very discouraged in your life at this moment, 
but you can take one more step. You may want to quit. Quitting is not a viable option. And if you will continue to press on, you'll gain a perspective. And the perspective that you can gain is that, you know, you have to say the past, I'm going to forget that. I'm not going to let that paralyze me. The present, I'm going to just press on and take one more step, do what I can do. And the future, I'm going to look forward to what lies ahead. This, this looking at our present condition, you know, Paul, Paul looks at his present. See, here's what happens in the present. We get so fixated on the present that we can fixate on our failure. And here's what Paul says about his failure. He says, you know what? I failed in some areas. Uh, I, I have been inadequate at times. I've not er done everything that I ought to do. And my behavior is not perfect. Okay? Nothing wrong with proper self-examination. Being honest about your situation at the time. But when we examine ourselves and we're honest about that, we're not going to stay in that state. That's not an excuse to stay where I am. Back in Philippians chapter 1, it says, I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means God's not done with us. You know, God has begun a good work and he will continue to do a good work in our lives. And as we're honest about our struggles and we're honest about our challenges, you know, that we don't simply rationalize uh, it because we become masters at rationalization, don't we? It, it causes us to get stuck in negative behavior in the present. We, we, you know, we rationalize being selfish by saying, you know what, I just, I'm just assertive. Uh, you know, I'm a confident person. I, I, I get what I, I want, and, and I go after it. Uh, you know, financially, we rationalize greed when we know it's wrong in our heart. You know, uh, our, our sexual temptation, and we just say, you know, I was, I was just born this way. You know, it's a, sex drive is normal, and, uh, and you know what, and, and all. And yet, all of these things, we can get into negative, sinful patterns by rationalizing these things. We can make a list. We could go all day long. But a genuine follower of Christ is honest about their situation, admits their failure, understands it, but knows this, the grace of God is sufficient for me in my life. The forgiveness of God is complete. I'm not what I want to be, but God is making me into something new, and I'm going to continue in this process. And what you need to understand is that the present, the present is an ongoing process. In fact, it's actually written in the original language in the present tense, which means that it is an ongoing process. The past, we don't have to be paralyzed by the past. We are in a process of sanctification, being made into the likeness of Christ, doing the things that we can do in the present, taking another step. And God literally says this, you know, in Philippians 3.13, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. That's what we do in the present, forgetting what lies behind. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. We strain, in a sense, <clears throat> forward to what lies ahead. Here's the challenge that when, when we talk about the past, you know, <laughs> so many people get stuck in the past, right? You know, they, they, they allow for their past to kind of control them. Uh, things that they've experienced in their childhood and all these things. It seems like some people can never get over the past. 
and what they will say about the past is, Tom, we can't forget the past. In other words, the Bible says forgetting what lies behind. My problem is I can't forget what lies behind. And, and so let me just encourage you in this. There's some things that I want to say to you. First of all, this idea of forgetting is an ongoing process, okay, so that it's repeated over and over again. Secondly, it involves taking those memories captive, taking your thoughts captive is what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely empowered, uh, powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We're destroying every speculation, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And here it is. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, when those thoughts come into our mind of our past, literally we take them captive and we say this, Christ died for that. The forgiveness that I'm to extend to other people because of the forgiveness I've given, I don't have to hold on to that. I don't have to hold on to that grudge. I don't need to let that determine my future because all of those things are resolved in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we're tempted to be paralyzed in the present because of our past, we take that thought captive, how, what? To the obedience of Christ. It is an ongoing process. It involves taking our thoughts captive. And here's the thing is, you gotta be prepared to battle. You need to know this, that we're in a fight. For our struggle, Ephesians 6:12 says, is not against flesh and blood, it's against rulers and powers and world forces of this darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. You gotta battle. This is not a passive thing. In terms of dealing with those thoughts, the things in the past that in some ways paralyzes you in the present and makes you not look forward to the future, you need to know this. you got to fight. Be prepared to battle, all right? So that's, that's what we do in the present. That's what we do in the present. Now, now the past, okay? Let's be honest about the past, you know? Uh, a big part of the past is learning how to forgive things in our past. We can even start with ourselves, right? We can start with our own sin, our sin. You know, and in and, and 1 John 2.12, I write you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. You need to be reminded that with your failures and your shortcomings and the sins that you have committed and you've done so deliberately and you've done so repeatedly and you feel like, you know, God could never forgive you for those things. You need to know that the blood of Christ is sufficient for you. You have been forgiven of all things in Christ. If you are in Christ, you've been forgiven of all things. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I say. And, and John is saying this, you know, I'm writing you because you need to remember. You need to know. You need to be reminded of the fact that your sins have been forgiven. Romans chapter 4 verse 7 says, Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin in the Lord will never count against him. Can you believe that? You know, you're blessed. Because your sins aren't going to be counted against you. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, and if you, you want to go on, you read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, one of the great passages of Scripture. Just for the sake of time, I won't read it all, but but you know, and, and if you know, if a person in verse 8 says it claims to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Okay? Don't don't be deceived, you know, that believing that somehow you don't have sin. We do. Don't be in denial. Then verse 9. 
one of the great verses. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Again, he goes back to this. If we claim that, we've had, that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in us. In other words, there's no place in the body of Christ, there's no place in your life for denial, denying your sin. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and confess it. Understand that your sin has been forgiven. You need to forgive yourself. You will never get past the past until you reconcile this, that you're reconciled to God through faith in Christ. Your sins are forgiven. They're no longer going to be held against you. God forgives you. You need to forgive yourself. It's not a rationalization to continue to sin. You know, should we sin all the more that, you know, grace should abound? And, you know, Paul says, may it never be. You know, forget that. that there's no way. Secondly, it's the sins of others, right? So those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another. Here it is. Forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. How many? <laughs> How many people does that include? Anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive. In a sense is what he's saying here. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And then the flip side of that is found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away. See, all of these things, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, all of these things are a result of unresolved forgiveness in a person's life. These are manifestations of what you will look like if you don't forgive. And he flips it. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as Christ has also forgiven you. So this concept here of forgiving others is critical in our and then third, I've added this because it seems a little interesting, uh, our accomplishments. The reason I put this in there is that, that the Apostle Paul said, you know, I for those 10 years um, was relying upon my accomplishments personally, and, uh, and I'm not doing that anymore. In fact, I've come to a conclusion that they're kind of meaningless. And, um, and, I, and I would just say this, that there are so many people that are living their lives on their accomplishments. What do I mean by that? Um, it, you know, it, it's the 50-year-old man that uh, never has gotten over the glory years of high school. You ever met a guy like that? <laughs> it's the, the winner of the beauty pageant, you know, the homecoming queen who's holding on to her day in the sun. It's the name dropper, you know, that always has to drop a name of the important people that they know to try to make themselves look better because of the people that they know or supposedly know. It's that person that comes to your church that always reminds you of the great church that they came from and how great that church was. You know, there are so many ways in which we rely upon our own accomplishments. And frankly, those past things, our accomplishments sometimes don't allow us to live fully in the present and certainly don't allow us to anticipate what God has for us in the future. And so let's talk about the future. Let's talk about our attitude towards the future. This concept of straining forward, longing for, pressing forward, you know, the things that God has prepared for us. Uh, we're going to get into that in a significant way next week, okay? kind of looking forward to that, knowing about our citizenship. But right now, what we see in verse 12, I press on, okay? 
this concept of pressing on. And then in verse 14, he says, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call. There's a reward that's included there. You know, God himself calling me heavenward, you know. Uh, he sees this picture in his mind, okay. He sees a picture of what awaits him, and he says, I press on. I press on because it's worth it. In other words, I'm going to get through my present challenge, shortcomings, failures, sin. I'm going to take another step right now. Why? Because the prize is worth it. I look forward to that prize. You, you ladies, you know, who have had children, um, you know, you know what this is about. Going through a pregnancy, the prize of that child is so worth it, right? I mean, you're willing to put up with all of that stuff. I know I've been through three, three of these. I was a coach for my beautiful wife as she went through it. And I, I may have been the greatest coach of all time. I mean, you know, I mean, just all humility aside, I, I really was a good coach, you know, and so it made it a lot easier for her, I'm sure. I'm not sure she would say that, but, but here, here it is. You think about the prize. You're willing to go through so much stuff, you know, right? Uh, because of, of that, that prize of that child. And when you see that child, something happens, you know, and it just, it's transformational in terms of even the pain. And, and that's what Paul's talking about here. When we look forward to what lies ahead, it can be transformational. You know, a, a pregnant woman, she's willing to be sick. She's willing to look unattractive. You know, she's willing to have a headache and not take anything for it. All of those things, because the prize is worth it. And you press on towards a goal because it is worthwhile. Listen, there are, there are three things that you, you need to do. <laughs> three things we need to know, three things we need to do. We need to leave the past behind. We really do. We, we, we need to get past the past. Um, the forgiveness that we choose to extend because we've been forgiven so that we're not paralyzed. It's so sad to see a person that spends their entire life paralyzed as a victim because of some of the things that have transpired in their past. God doesn't want you to be a victim. He doesn't want you to be paralyzed by your past. You need to get past the past. And the way you do that is that you're honest in the present. To, to be completely honest, understanding that this is an ongoing process, that when those thoughts and those challenges come from your past, your, your, your failures that you've, you've done and you've done repeatedly, that there is forgiveness there, there's forgiveness in the cross. You need to forgive yourself, forgive others, don't rely upon your own accomplishments, these things that we just talked about. This is an ongoing process. Uh, we could call it the ongoing process of continual repentance. That we continually repent, continually confess, continue to ask God to forgive us. And we look forward to the future because God has a great future for us and, uh, and the finish line is there, you know. <laughs> you may be hitting a wall today, but the finish line is there. I want to just say this, press on. Press on. What's discouraging you today? What is it that causes you to want to give up? You don't have to stay stuck where you are today. You don't have to stay in your sin. God is faithful. You have a certain future. Every one of us has a past. Every one of us has a history. But in the present, for us to continue to exercise everything that God has for us, Paul says this, man, here's the deal. I press on. I'm moving forward. I'm going ahead. The prize lies ahead of me, a resurrected body, 
No more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, none of these things. The gospel is so powerful, so powerful. Not only does it get you a ticket to heaven, but it transforms our life right now. I want to encourage you today. You can get past the past. Press on. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this is just such an amazing passage of Scripture. Um, the transparency of the Word of God about even Paul's own shortcomings, that he has not attained it yet, that he's not there yet. He's not everything he would like to be yet, but that he continues to press on. He's not paralyzed. God, there are some listening to me today that are stuck. Uh, they're discouraged. Uh, they feel like failures. And frankly, to be honest, they have failed multiple times. But Lord, there is a place for all of us to be able to freely admit that, to ask you to forgive us, to recommit ourselves again to a process of sanctification, uh, to choose Christ's likeness, to abandon sin in our life and that sin that so easily entangles us, um, and Lord, to, to press on. It's worth it. We look forward to an amazing future that we have with you, and it's all in Christ. And God, for the, the person that might be listening today that has yet to embrace you as their Savior, that's where it all begins. This process begins with faith in Christ, acknowledging their need for a Savior and the forgiveness of their sin, and then they join us in this journey, this journey that we're all on together to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. And so, Lord, help us. Help us in the present as we deal with our past and we look forward to the future. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.